0: Oral questions by members.
1: Leader of the Official Opposition.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, there is no bigger broken promise by the NDP than their promise to make housing more affordable. This government is now in their second term and have had over five years to implement their program. So, how are they doing? Well, BC now has the highest housing prices in North America, third highest on the planet. BC now has the highest rents in all of Canada under this NDP government, and we've got record homelessness and social disorder in virtually every community in the province. But it's not just their utter failure to provide any relief for working British Columbians. It's also their total incompetence in managing the one crown corporation responsible for delivering housing to those most in need, BC Housing. Under this Premier, B.C. Housing's budget and debt ballooned to over $4 billion, but the results—not uncommon in this House—have gotten worse, not better, with homelessness and social disorder at record levels. Frankly, it is a disaster, which was confirmed in a damning report by Ernst & Young that this Premier tried to bury by quietly releasing it over the Canada day-long weekend. The report concludes that there has been total mismanagement of billions of dollars so bad that the Premier, then the Housing Minister, had to fire the entire board that today's Finance Minister had appointed. So Mr. Speaker, given his complete failure as a Housing Minister, the damning report on BC Housing and the ongoing effort to try and bury his own mismanagement, how can anyone trust this Premier to deliver the housing that people
1: need? Attorney-General and Minister Responsible for Housing.
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. We acknowledge in this House that there is a housing crisis, and that is why this week we've introduced historic legislation, the Housing Supply Act, that will allow us to work with local governments to create the housing that is desperately needed in so many parts of this province. Mr. Speaker, this government has done an enormous amount to create new housing. We have spent $7 billion. We're on target to spend $7 billion over 10 years in order to create new housing that's desperately needed. And BC Housing is probably the largest developer, if you will, in the entire country. Mr. Speaker, we are tackling this crisis head on, such as with the Housing Supply Act such as with the amendments to the Strata Property Act yesterday. Mr. Speaker, we're also trying to get speculation out of the market, and that is why we passed the Speculation and Vacancy Tax, which has created 20,000 units so far in this province. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition believes that tax is unfair. He said, these are not speculators, quote, these are people that have a second property and they're being forced to pay an additional cost. Mr. Speaker, we disagree. We think that's one step among many that needs to be taken, and we're going to continue to work aggressively in that
2: direction.
1: Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, just like in health care, they like to talk about how much they're spending, not the results they're not getting. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, the mismanagement at BC Housing under this Premier is staggering, especially since when you consider they've only built 9% of the 114,000 homes they promised to build within 10 years, and they're halfway through their mandate already in that 10-year period. The Ernst & Young report paints a very clear picture of an organization in chaos. BC Housing is poorly managing its signature $2 billion housing hub loan program, contracts being awarded without any criteria, and a lack of just a basic paper trail. We've got a board that sat silent while the CEO personally authorized $115 million in property acquisitions without the necessary approvals. That's right. The NDP appointed BC Housing Board allowed their CEO to personally approve more than $115 million in property acquisitions without any discernible due diligence. All of this incompetence happened under this premier while he was housing minister, and he owes the public an explanation. So, Mr. Speaker. Given the fired board, the chaos, and the mismanagement, will the premier do the right thing and order a full, independent, and transparent audit of the mess that he is overseeing at BC Housing?
1: Minister.
3: Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I entirely uh, disagree with the characterization offered by, by the member. We have a highly talented. Uh, We have a a highly talented CEO, Alan Seckle, who will be no stranger to the people on that side of the aisle. Mr. Speaker, um, I I, I need to remind the House what the Canadian uh, CMHC said. That uh, we are making up for last.
0: This Members. government
3: is making up, Mr. Speaker, for lost time after years when the former government didn't build houses that people need. Here's what the CMHC said. Here's what the CMHC said. They said more than twice the number of homes are under construction when, than when the opposition leader was finance minister. Mr. Speaker, we are on track to deliver the promises we made for 114,000 homes. Mr. Speaker, we are delivering that. We have completed 36,071 housing that is under construction or in approval. I mentioned the 20,000 home uh, units that are now being made available, thanks to the speculation and vacancy members, tax members. making them now available in the market. Mr. Speaker, we are on year four of that 10-year plan, and we are on target to deliver what we said we would do. Mr. Speaker, I would remind the Honourable Leader of the Opposition that when the BC Liberals were in power, they came and cancelled every NDP affordable housing project when they got the ability to do so in 2001.
1: Leader of the Official Opposition, supplemental.
2: Well, thank you, Mr. Premier. Uh, a lot of words from the Housing Minister. Unfortunately, none of them an- answered the questions that I was asking. So... But, you know, Mr. Speaker, we now have a Premier who believes he's Mr. Competent, but the real truth is that the Premier's entire time as Housing Minister was marked by chaos and dysfunction. He tried to bury the damning Ernst and Young report on the Canada Day long weekend. Sound familiar? And chose to fire the incompetent BC Housing board that they appointed on a Friday night in July, a week later. But the turmoil didn't end there, Mr. Speaker. Nearly 20 senior executives have departed from BC Housing under this premier's watch within just 2 years with little to no explanation, including the CEO, the Vice President of Operations, the Chief Development Officer, the Executive Director for Homelessness, the Executive Director of Finance, just to name a few. Losing 20 senior executives in any organization over a two-year period would be shocking in the extreme, but in an already deeply troubled organization like BC Housing, it is stunning. So my question to the premier will the premier acknowledge the mess that he has overseen and order a full independent and transparent audit of BC housing today will he do that
1: Minister
3: Mr Speaker we we commissioned a report. We examined it. We are taking action, Mr. Speaker. A new board is in place under the leadership of Alan Seckel, a very eminent British Columbian who worked with distinction in this government previously. Mr. Speaker, the rest of Canada is envious of BC Housing and the extraordinary accomplishments that they have made.
1: Members, members, Mr. Okay. <laughs> Members. <laughs> Members.
4: Your
1: member, you're wasting your precious time. Come to order. Thank you, member. Minister will continue. BC
3: housing is on track as I said to spend 7 billion dollars over 10 years to address the housing supply crisis in our province. I was in Cranbrook earlier this week, last week and met with the mayor of Cranbrook who is anxious to work with BC Housing in problems that their community is facing and I've had conversations with people across British Columbia praising us for the work that BC Housing is doing in their community. Do we have a housing crisis in British Columbia? Yes, we do. Do we have the people to do the work? Yes, we do. And we're proud of the work that they're doing for British Columbia.
1: House Leader of the Official Opposition.
5: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And and does this government have an accountability problem when it comes to how they're spending money on housing with terrible results? Yes, they do. Mr. Speaker, the Ernst Young report, members,
1: members, members. The, the, uh,
5: the Ernst and Young report is actually a part of a damning string of reports for BC housing, uh, housing, and it's evidence of a housing program in chaos. Thanks to a whistleblower, the opposition has acquired leaked documents of another audit, damning audit that was covered up by this premier. Uh-oh. Another accounting firm, this one BDO, was retained to do a financial review of ATIRA. Now, ATIRA is BC's largest nonprofit housing provider with an annual taxpayer-funded budget of $41 million. Mr. Speaker, that review outlines severe financial mismanagement and a complete absence of oversight. It shows that ATIRA has been making financial decisions with draft budgets, not actual final budgets, that had, and I quote, incorrect, incomplete, and misleading information, end quote. This report was covered up at a time the Premier was also pouring hundreds of millions of taxpayers' dollars into a housing program that was in absolute chaos without basic oversight and with worsening outcomes. Mr. Speaker, the Premier chose to bury the BDO report detailing this financial incompetence. Will the premier do the right thing today and order a full transparent independent audit of BC Housing and Atira? Minister,
3: <laughs> Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, well, we did initiate a review of BC Housing to look at their organisational capacity and financial systems and control, and to make sure that they were appropriately supported to deliver on a ex- very much expanded budget and mandate since the NDP came to power, Mr. Speaker. And the uh, report was commissioned, an independent review was conducted and the work is underway to implement those changes. There were 26 findings and 44 recommendations made across 44 themes, governance, strategic planning, business integration, human resources, program design, project administration processes, and there were suggestions for efficiencies that could be made. Those efficiencies are being gained. Mr. Speaker, this is a Crown Corporation that is subject to the same oversight, the same accountability and transparency rules of other Crown corporations. The fact of an independent review should be not used to this house. And Mr. Speaker, I reiterate, BC Housing is doing extraordinary work to address our housing crisis head-on. They are respected across this province for the work that they are doing. And Mr. Speaker, I stand behind them entirely.
1: Opposition House Leader Supplemental.
5: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, Ernst Young says that uh, BC Housing is in complete chaos. BDO comes out with a, a different report and says that there's no financial controls, no financial oversight uh, I- within BC Housing on its, uh, with respect to its largest housing provider, Atira. And the, the entire board of BC Housing is fired uh, without any explanation whatsoever within the two years that the, the current Premier and then Housing Minister was, was uh, in charge of oversight. Mr. Speaker, this incompetence is at every single level with respect to BC BC Housing and their providers. And the Premier, he had to know uh, uh, about the catastrophic state of finances at ATIRA. After all, the Premier stood alongside an ATIRA board member to launch partisan attacks in the by-election that elected the Leader of the Opposition. The The BDO report found, and I quote, ineffective board oversight and assumptions that budget overages will be covered by B.C. Housing." End quote. And in fact, in fact, the B.C. Housing whistleblower revealed that there was a constant stream of pressure coming from senior B.C. Housing executives to ignore the BDO report and keep shoveling taxpayers' money toward ATIRA. B.C. Housing funds ATIRA's $41 million annual budget, but get this, Mr. Speaker just seven and a half cents of every dollar that ATERRA invests actually goes to client services. And this month, this month despite repeated calls for transparency, Attera's CEO gallingly refuses to, to disclose her taxpayer-funded salary. There has been a stunning misuse of taxpayer dollars at ATIRA with no oversight and no accountability. The Premier must order a full independent and transparent audit of BC Housing and Atira. My question to the Premier is this, at minimum, at minimum, will the Premier at least stand up today and disclose the taxpayer-funded salary of the CEO overseeing Atira? again an organization that is clearly in absolute disarray and failing the very people that it's supposed to be helping. <laughs>
3: Minister. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. As I said, an independent review was commissioned. There has been great growth in BC Housing as we expand and uh, implement our uh, aggressive housing policy and we have taken steps to ensure, through the independent report, that better governance arrangements are in place. That's nothing new. They have an implementation plan that, has been I- that is in place and we're working with BC Housing to figure how we can best respond to the recommendations that were made. Uh, that comprehensive implementation plan will be include a work plan for 2023 and that will be completed sometime in the next, uh, next few months, Mr. Speaker. Uh, we want to ensure on behalf of British Columbia that BC Housing has the tools necessary to respond to the enormous new demands that are made upon them with oversight and decision mechanisms that do the job. Mr. Speaker, we have a great deal to be proud of in BC Housing. They're going to continue to do the work that's necessary because we know they're a part of the solution to the housing crisis we all face.
1: House Leader of the Third Party.
6: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. My question is to the Premier. Will he raise the provincial rates for income and disability assistance to above the poverty line?
1: Minister of Social Justice.
7: I thank the member for the question very much. Um, Obviously, The issue of uh, inflation and uh, poverty are important to us as a government, and you've seen the action that we've taken over the last couple of years. We had the largest single increase in income and disability assistance rates in the history of the province. And we've taken a number of other affordability measures to reduce the impact of inflation and rising cost of living, uh, which have been well received by people in the sector. And we're always looking at ways of reducing the impact of uh, of higher prices on people, and always looking for ways of reducing poverty in this province. I would point out um, as well that since between 2016 and 2020, we raised uh, over 104,000 children out of poverty during that period of time, and we're committed <laughs> to continue. To work.
1: House leader, third party supplemental.
6: Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, understand what the uh, previous government's approach to uh, poverty has been. Poverty reduction has been trying to get an understanding of what our new premier's uh, approach to poverty has been is going to be. Uh, the housing measures announced yesterday by the premier uh, don't actually guarantee any affordability at all. The annual income for disabled people in British Columbia, Mr. Speaker, uh, even after what the minister uh, just noted is a dismal $16,000. That's uh, currently $10,000 below the poverty line. Uh, Even under this uh, so-called progressive government that we have here, the rates continue to languish, Mr. Speaker, and the increase last year that the minister just mentioned, the increases have almost been entirely erased by inflation. It's heartbreaking, really. We have condemned those with disabilities to live in poverty in this province. We can't fix housing without an intersectional lens. The executive director of BC's Homelessness Services Association said these rates, quote, fall short of what's needed for people to find housing, end quote. The Premier must start by recognizing that raising our assistance rates are a necessary part of our housing strategy, will the premier raise the income and disability rates to be above the poverty line?
1: Minister of Social Development and Property Reduction. Now,
7: thank you again. Uh, I, I I do actually appreciate getting questions on this issue because it's important that we keep these issues in front of the public of BC and we know that the previous government isn't uninterested in this. And as in fact, as a matter of fact, uh, the demonstrated uh, actions of our government have, have indicated quite clearly that our interest is in reducing poverty in this, in this province. We have a poverty reduction strategy. Uh, we have measured our successes. Our successes are considerable, but there is always more work to do. And uh, absolutely, uh, the, the issues that the member raises are of concern to us, all of us as members of the go- government caucus and um, we're proud to continue to work on finding ways to reduce poverty, and that may include uh, rates, it may include other uh, benefits, uh, tax benefits, that have been uh, rolled out over the last number of months. Um, The work continues, the work is uh, an essential core of our our government's philosophy and our interest in reducing poverty in this province.
1: Member for Prince George Belmont.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, housing and homelessness have never been worse in this province than under the Premier's watch. Record high wasteful spending with record low results. The failure to act on the concerns with ATIRA raised in the BDO report had devastating consequences. The BDO report found, and I quote, staff look for ways to reduce the pressure on cash flow With other downstream consequences." Let those words sink in. That means cutting corners. On April the 11th, the Winters Hotel, operated by Atira, burned down in a deadly blaze that tragically killed two people. Media reports and Freedom of Information documents show that prior to the deadly Winters fire, Fire extinguishers were empty and had not been replaced by ATIRA. How can the Premier possibly, possibly justify the unconscionable decision to bury a report revealing that ATIRA was cutting corners just months before the deadly blaze occurred?
3: Minister of Housing. Certainly, Mr. Speaker, we empathize with the, the, the situation that was uh, just raised by the Honourable Member. Uh, there is no cutting of corners or anything of the sort, Mr. Speaker. Uh, That issue is under investigation and I can say to this House entirely that there are changes that are being made in the governance arrangements of BC Housing. I've described them before. More will be coming as we implement those changes to an organization that has grown exponentially since this government came to office and decided to take the housing crisis seriously.
1: Member for Prince George Wilmot, supplemental.
0: There wasn't cutting corners. The fire extinguishers were empty, and that wasn't all. There were multiple failures at the Winters Hotel. Not only were there not working fire extinguishers, the building sprinklers and fire alarms weren't working at the time. Minister can speak about being empathetic. There were no working fire extinguishers or alarms. There is absolutely no accountability or transparency. How on earth can anyone take this Premier at his word when he buried a report and in the end of the day, people died? Will the Premier today do the right thing? Will he commit to a full, independent and transparent audit of BC Housing and Atira? British Columbians deserve that to be done.
3: Mr. Mr. Speaker, reports have been released. There are certainly uh, issues that are deserving of serious scrutiny and investigation. That is exactly what's going on. It's clearly unacceptable for fire extinguishers extinguishers and fire alarms to be not functional. We obviously accept that, and that needs to be dealt with Head on, Mr. Speaker. But there's no effort to cut corners or to somehow deprive the public of information about this important issue. That is what we're investigating. That is what people of British Columbia have a right to understand, and that's what we'll get to the bottom of.
1: Member for Peace River South.
4: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know we've heard of all the problems with uh, with BC housing today, but there's another reason why the NDP is nowhere closer to building the 114,000 homes that they promised. Stephanie Allen. Stephanie Allen is the BC Housing's Vice President of of Strategic Business Operations and Performance, appointed by this NDP government, and has a history of radical and controversial claims. Last summer, she accused politicians and the city of Nanaimo of hate crimes against the homeless. And this this July, just a few months ago, Alan compared, compared owning a home to owning slaves. And I quote The original real estate investment was enslaved Africans. God bless everyone trying to find a home in these stolen lands as capitalism collapses under the weight of its greed and selfishness. End quote. You gotta pause and think about that for a second. This is the second in command for BC housing. A senior executive making decisions for BC Housing comes out with a quote like that. And I wish I was done, because this person makes $245,000 a year making decisions. Wow. $245,000 a year. But also came out and said, and I quote, I'm not sure how we get out of housing in a climate crisis without limiting capitalism, end quote. This person is focusing on radical pol- politics rather than delivering on the $4 billion that's needed to be spent to help our much-needed people in British Columbia. The Premier failed to answer questions so far today. Here's an easy one. Does the Premier endorse the statements of this B.C. housing executive?
1: Minister? I
4: should start by saying,
3: Mr. Speaker, that it is not this government that appoints the individual in question. It is the CEO who made that appointment, the former CEO. And if you're asking if this government accepts the statements that you're attributing to that person which of course I'm unaware of of course we do not
1: Member for Camrose North Thompson
8: Well well thank you Mr Speaker and it's un- it's unfortunate that the premier refuses to s- to uh, defend any of his track record Shh.
1: Members, members, let the member ask questions. Members, member, continue. Mr.
8: Speaker, time and again, time and again, the public,
1: members, please continue.
8: Time and again, the public and the opposition have been calling on the premier to stand in account. For his track record and his history of handling of the BC Housing file and time and again he has refused to answer and refused to take any accountability for his lack of action and his failures on this file. We've heard about the Ernst Young report which resulted in the firing of the board and resulted in 20 senior executives realizing that they should probably get out while their reputations were still intact. We've heard about the BDO report which was buried by the Premier when he was the Housing Minister, that spoke about the shortcomings at Artura, the lack of oversight, the cutting of corners, how that impacts what happens at the Winters Hotel. and The Minister can say that there was no cutting of corners. I think the average person out there thinking non-functioning fire alarms, non-functioning fire sprinkler systems would be a cutting of corners. Here, here. That's a cutting of corners. That led to a fire that resulted in death. There is no accountability from this government whatsoever with the consistent mismanagement of BC Housing and its lack of results. So a very simple question today to the Premier, because this has been refused to be answered all along. Very simple question. Why was the board of BC Housing fired? Here, here. Minister of Housing.
3: Thank you Mr. Speaker. When issues were identified at that Crown Corporation, an independent report was commissioned. A number of recommendations were made by Ernst & Young in order to improve financial management and governance arrangements of that, of that board, an arm's length Crown Corporation. Those changes are underway. A work plan will be, uh, in, uh, will be finalized in the weeks to come. And Mr. Speaker, those changes respond to the extraordinary growth of the work that BC Housing has had to do as we step up to do the work that was never done under the former government—that is, delivering homes for British Columbia. We are on track to do the 114,000 units that we promised to do; 36,000 underway, 20,000 members, with members, the speculation and
1: vacancy members, tax. please. And Mr. Minister. Speaker,
3: with the bills that have been announced this week the expansion of housing supply in partnership with our municipal partners, we believe will be able to address the housing crisis head-on for British Columbians.
1: The bell and the question period.